One of the great joys of being a parent is watching your kids grow up. When, when Hope Church was started, Allison was five, and now she's 14. It's been absolutely amazing to experience that journey with so many of you as Allison and Timothy and, and Titus have uh, continued to, to grow. And, and one of the things that's been hard for me this year is watching Allison go into high school. I thought it would be a moment of, of great pride and joy, and it certainly is, but it's also one of those moments of saying, oh no, we're now four years and counting until the time when she's out of the house. Well, through her freshman year at the Connection School, we have really been looking forward to the homecoming dance. This was Allison's first time to get to go to the dance, and it was a big deal for her and Shauna uh, to go and find the dress that Allison was going to wear. There's, there's a lot of chatter. You know, the guys don't get consulted very much for good reason. But, uh, but Shauna and Allison were kind of working together on the dress. And, and then uh, the moment came where Allison put on her dress and she was coming uh, to, to ask uh, Shauna and Allison to ask what I thought. I didn't realize that the moment's kind of coming right when it came. As, as I recall, Allison, I'm sorry, Timothy and Titus and I were on the couch watching a football game or, or something, and all of a sudden, Shauna and Allison come in, and, and Shauna said, hey, what do you think about Allison's dress? And I took one look at my girls, and she was so gorgeous, so beautiful, that I just started crying. I've got tears in my eyes. And it's very hard to give a response when you kind of just want to go in the other room and cry for a while. And so I just, uh, I, I tried to say, oh, it's perfect, because it was. This is perfect. I can't, I can't imagine a more beautiful scene than, than to see Allison in her dress. And I was just so overcome, and they kept trying to talk to me, and I just kept wanting to go away and cry. And it was kind of one of those moments, you know, for, for a few minutes. And I totally forgot about the football game or whatever we were watching because I don't even remember what it was, but I distinctly remember that moment of seeing Allison and just how beautiful she was. She's always beautiful, but there was just something about that moment. And isn't it like that when you see something that's so much more beautiful than anything else that you see? You taste of something that's so much better than anything you've ever eaten before. You're sort of enraptured by whatever it is that's right in front of you to the point where you forget everything else around you. And that's what you and I need as followers of Jesus. It, it happens to us that moment when we first enter into the family of God. When, when we realize that God loved us so much in our broken state, in our sinful state, in our rebellious state against God, that he would send his son Jesus to this earth to live a perfect life. Die on a cross as a substitute sacrifice and rise from the dead so that he could take the, the sin that's on us and take it from us and take it upon himself so that we can come into the presence of God, not because we're perfect, not because we earn it or can ever deserve it, but simply because he loves us. Loves us to the point that he sends his son Jesus to die for us. He takes our sin, we get his righteousness, and we are able to enter into the presence of God. And that is so beautiful to us. It's so beautiful to us that we desperately want that. And we ask Jesus to save us and to take our sin through our 
and he brings us together into the family of God and promises us a future forever in heaven with him. And at that moment of salvation, it's it's so stunning what God has done for us in Jesus that we forget about everything else and we bring our hearts and lives to him. But as we begin to follow Jesus, the, the day will come when we begin to struggle from a temptation here or a trial there or an anxiety here or a fear there. And we begin to turn to others for help. And sometimes we struggle with saying, well, I'm having a hard day, so I'm going to go watch a movie. Or I'm having a hard day, so I just need some really good chocolate right now. I have a hard day, so I, I need this or that. And not that those things are bad, but sometimes over the course of time, fear and anxiety lead us to lesser things. We have forgotten what is the most beautiful thing, and the lesser things become greater. Well, here we are in what's called the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus has sat down in the book of Matthew, and he was teaching his followers, and and we've heard some incredible things in the recent weeks. And and as Steve shared with us last week, it was prepping us for what we're going to talk about this week, as he was talking about what our greatest treasure is, not the things of this world, but that that treasure in heaven. It's a great sermon from last week. If you weren't here, I encourage you to grab it online. Here we are as Randy read for us, Matthew chapter 6. Let's pick it up in verse 25. It says, therefore, I tell you, therefore is always a key for us whenever reading the scriptures to go back and look at what was just discussed. In this case, what Steve talked about with us last week. Therefore, because all those things are, are true, because you can't serve God and money, because our treasure has to be in heaven and not in this world, because all those things are true, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than air? Verse 26, look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are, they, are you not of more value than they? Last week, as Steve was talking about the, the treasure that we should store up in heaven, I, I was challenged to reflect in my own life. So is, my, is my life reflecting the fact that the things of God are more important than the things of this world? Am I focused on the things that really, really matter in life? It's so hard with all the clutter that just gets thrown at us to have this singular focus on God and what matters. And, and when you sit back and look at it, you say, and of course, that's the most important thing. I mean, I, I, I love taking Uber rides because I love to talk with the Uber drivers about what really matters to them in life. And if you ask anybody, what's the most important thing in life? Most people are going to go spiritually. Most people are going to start talking about God and this pursuit of God because we all recognize that at some point our life is going to end. We have an eternity to come. And that eternity is either going to be with God or apart from God. So we have this responsibility during our days on this earth to live in a way that's honoring to God, whoever we believe God is. Well, to me, the scriptures are clear that the Lord Jesus is our way to God. And I think this singular focus on him is what matters most in life. But it can be so hard with other things. And the clutter comes oftentimes through the anxiety we have. It's the stuff we can't control. It's the stuff that feels overwhelming to us. It's our task list and everything that needs to get done. It's what we're worried about with our kids. It's what we're worried about with our job. It's that promotion we really want. It's wanting to marry the right person. It's wishing we had uh, one more kid or wishing that somehow we could change something about ourselves. It's wishing that we had more money. It's wishing that we had a different house. It's all the different things that sort of come at us. And if it's not enough on our own and of ourselves, it's our country and what we're going through. It's the election. It's COVID. It's racial tension. And it's all of that. Or it's the things in the world and what's happening 
uh, right now with Ethiopia and all the tension over there or what's going on in this country or that country and all of a sudden day where maybe it's 60 or 70 percent and we haven't felt 100 percent in a long long time and we're just struggling and and maintaining that singular focus on jesus and what we want so bad and it just gets and i think the scripture is really challenging therefore i tell you do not be anxious about your life what you will eat or what you will drink nor about your body what you'll put on is not life more than food and the body more than Jesus is not even talking about COVID and the election and your job and your family and the question of your life tomorrow and what's going on in your life. He's talking about the basics, sleep and clothing and what you're going to eat. I don't know if you've been in a a spot like that before, um, but I've been in some places in the world where this truly is the prayer of the people of God. God, will you give us our food today? I'm not even asking for a family meal. I just want our food. Will you just give us enough today to feel alive? And, and Jesus, is, if, if he can say, don't worry about that, he can certainly say to all of us, don't worry about what you're going to eat. And he uses this example, the birds of the air, verse 26, they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. And so if he's going to take care of the birds of the air, we know that he's going to take care of us because he says, and you not of more value than they. Jesus would one day die, not for the birds of the air, but he would die for us. Verse 27, and which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to the span of life? So this very practical question. Jesus is going to go through a list of different things just to try to get us to think, to put it in a perspective and say, does it really, really matter? If we worry about things, is it doing any good for us? And we would say no, and we know that. And yet in the midst of it, if you're like me, it's just such a struggle. I so desperately want anxiety gone from my life. And how do we do that? Well, Jesus isn't done yet. Look at verse 28. And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor, nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Solomon, the wisest man who ever lived, so wealthy, this king over Israel. He could do whatever he wanted to do. He was, he was renowned for his, for his wealth and his power and his influence and his wisdom. And Jesus said, even, even Solomon isn't here to, to bear the load of that. In other words, those who can do nothing of excellence, Jesus says, they're even better off than I am. Here's one of the challenges in life. We... We are deceived into thinking that we can control things. It, it comes from Genesis chapter 3 when Satan, the enemy of God, first tempted Eve, the, the first woman, and then she sinned, and Adam, the first man, sinned. And what, what was that temptation? If you eat of this fruit of the tree, you will be like God, knowing good and evil. In other words, you'll know things, and then you can make your own decisions about things. Whereas before that, when they were just in this complete dependence on God, Adam and Eve had everything they wanted, the perfect joy and the perfect peace and, and just everything that, that God would give them. But we as humans, one of the greatest mistakes is saying, well, I control things. I love David's testimony earlier with that, with that beautiful picture of what it looks like just to be surrendered and say, God, do whatever you want with it, whatever it looks like. 
Because if you're doing whatever you want with my life, then you are in control of my life. And I, I can bear testimony to the fact there's people I've seen who are the most surrendered and also the happiest. They might not have the most money. They might not have the most stuff. But the more surrendered you are, the happier you are going to be because your joy will be in God and not in yourself and not in your money. And so many of us are saying, I want more joy, but I'm struggling to be free. I want to be more used of God, but I'm struggling to be free. I want my life to be in great glory for God, but I'm struggling to be free. And I can also testify to the fact that the less surrendered you are, the more unsurrendered you are. Because you're trying to control things, and it's so hard to control things. And that's one of my great points of confession before God. God, I'm struggling with anxiety today. Why am I struggling? Because I'm trying to control things, and I need to make sure that you are in control. So if God so clothes the grass of the field, verse 30, which today in a lies and, and, and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. So Jesus is saying, look, even the Gentiles, those who don't follow God, they know. God knows that they need you. He definitely is watching over you. He loves you, He cares for you, and He's there for you. Here's one of the most convicting things for me in the Bible today. When you struggle with anxiety, when I struggle with anxiety, it's a direct reflection of the fact that we're not trusting God in our not fully maybe partially but when we're struggling with anxiety it's it's a way of us saying that we are trying to earn it because we feel like we belong to God and he's not that is one of the points that have been so convicting for me because i can pray and confess that anxiety and say god i i know that you've i know that you've got this but why am i living in this moment of and that's why I have to confess that anxiety more than anything else and, and share it with all of you so many times over in my sermons and share it with my discipleship groups and share it with my family and share it in my, in my time before the Lord and just confess it and pray and pray and pray. But it's a great challenge for us because of the culture in which we live. When you're running as fast-paced as we are, anxiety is quickly going to surface. When you are struggling with this constant desire to achieve more and accomplish more and get more and have more, anxiety is going to be a problem. When we live in a culture with everybody trying to control and manufacture this, this perfect life, then anxiety is going to come with it. And we're constantly in a quest to be a better version of ourselves. And our own power and our own hands, and anxiety is going to come with it. When you're constantly worried about what other people are, are thinking of you, anxiety is going to come with that. Our culture is set up for anxiety. And the way that you and I are going to counter that is not by fighting it in and of ourselves. But it's by reflecting on this powerful truth here, especially in verses 32 and 33. The Gentiles seek after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. What do we count on? We reflect on the fact that God made us. Do we trust that? He made us. He created us. He's got us. And we're resting in it. And look at verse 33. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. If I could confess something to you tonight, it would be that I really didn't want to preach this sermon. Because when I saw the breakdown of sermon passages, 
And I saw that I was out for this passage, and my immediate thought was, I think Stevie's stupid. He does so much better than me at, at battling anxiety. And I thought, I, I need to sit under his preaching. And my, my immediate reaction was, I'm going to go to Steve, and I'm going to ask him if we can flip weeks so that he preaches this and, uh, and not me. And, and then as I was getting ready to do that, I just fell under conviction. And I felt as if God was saying, no, Peter, I want you to preach this. And I thought, God, I'm the, I'm the wrong person to preach it. I mean, this is my greatest struggle in life is anxiety. This is what I'm constantly having to confess. This is what I have to pray about almost every day of my life. This is what I'm fasting over. This is what I'm pounding away at in my life. And I have been for a long time. And God, you've done a lot in me, but there is a lot of work that needs to happen in me. This is still a major struggle in my life. And I felt like God said, well, I want you to pray about it. I want you to stand in front of your whole family and I, and I want you just to confess that and just talk about it. Talk about that to God. So, whole family, I just want to say thank you because you have loved me so well in the midst of this struggle of anxiety. And for the nine years that Hope Church has been going, it's been a continual journey. And God has, has done a real work in me over those years. And yet there is a lot more to do. And I'm so thankful that we together can live into verse 33. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. It was so beautiful and powerful to me to be out at the Ambrose's place uh, for the ladies' retreat and have the privilege of joining in on elder prayer. And uh, the, the ladies were coming. Uh, Jennifer Lee and I were praying for two ladies at a time as, as they were coming to sit with me. And then, and then other, other brothers and sisters were praying with others um, out in that, in that outdoor area. And, and as Jen and I were together, one of the ladies came, and, and, and as she sat down, and she began to share this verse, and it was so powerful to me as she was giving the, the context of her life and what she was going through. And she said, uh, she quoted this, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Because the point that Jesus is making here is don't even worry about what you're going to eat or what you're going to drink or what you're going to wear. Everything's going to be taken care of. Just stay focused on me. That's the most beautiful thing. That's what you've got to be about. And Hope Family, that is work to do in 2023. We are so consumed with everything that's got to get worked on. Got to work on everything that needs to happen for our kids, and the groceries that we need to buy, and everything else that's going on in our lives. And Jesus is saying, but I'm first. I'm not second. My heavenly Father's first. And I'm first. And he's going to take care of it. And seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And, and can I give us just some questions to, to flesh out as we go into 2020? I, a question would be, are, are our prayers uh, internally focused on us? God, help us accomplish all these things. Let Help this fall in place or that fall in place. And, and this work out and that work out. Or are our prayers also very balanced with our spend time praying today for this person that is now in our church family. God, these friends who are joining us tomorrow and telling us someone like you just smile just smile them. God, that tribe on the other side of the world that has never heard the name of Jesus, will you, will you just engage them and help them to know your love and your power? Are our prayers internally focused? Are they also balanced externally? When we think about our money, how are we budgeting our money? Are we budgeting our money of 
man, I, I, I really need a new car, and I, I, I need stuff done at the house, and, and we need new clothes, and we need this or, or, or this. And does it kind of stop there, or, or is it also, and, and what can we give our money to? The kingdom of God and, and, and his righteousness. Who are, are ministries or, or people or individuals that we can give our money to? Let's, let's have those conversations. Those are some of the greatest conversations that a, a husband and a wife can have to, to come to, together and say, how can, how can we bless you? How can we be a part of the advancement of the kingdom of God? How, how can we give it up? What conversations are we having with our kids? Are we having kingdom of God conversations with our kids? Are, are, are we sitting down with our kids and, and, and talking politics and, and talking sports and, and talking school, but not spending much time talking about the kingdom of God and, and, and how as families we can really pursue the kingdom of God together? The, the questions that we can ask within our, within our families of how are we together pursuing the kingdom of God uh, with our time, with our service, with our prayers, uh, with, our, with our money, and, and with all that we do. What, what do those dinner time conversations look like? What, what do those discipleship uh, conversations look like? What, what are the things that we're doing to reflect within our families that the, the kingdom of God is the most important? And, then, and not just today, but tomorrow, and then the next day, and then the next, and the next. This is where we find our greatest joy. This is where we find our greatest contentment. This is the most beautiful thing. The kingdom of God is what matters the most. And Jesus is saying here, if, if this is foremost for us. In, in our minds, in our, in, our, in our lives, in our families, in our communities, if the, if the kingdom of God is foremost, then, then all these anxieties go away. That's why we give our money. That's why you can't worship and worry at the same time. The greatest tool I have found to battle anxiety in my life is just to begin to worship God. And just begin to sing and to thank God. Talking to Timothy about this a bunch because we're is, is something that we pray for each other on, and and I, I I said I wasn't going to let you in on this. I'm really checking my life. Would you hear me sing when I said that because I'm battling anxiety? If if you just walk in the 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 kitchen and you you hear me singing, it could be that there's really something going on in my life in that day, and I'm just I'm just battling it. I mean, if it goes on for a while. If you just hear me sing one song after another, it's just me combating it, combating it, combating it, because you can't worry and worship at the same time. And I know if I stop worry, worshiping, I'm going to start worrying again. And I just want to praise the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. He's more beautiful. He's more beautiful than whatever it is that's trying to encroach on my life. And I just want to stay focused on the kingdom of God. If if God can take care of the flowers, he can take care of me. If he knows what the Gentiles are going through, he knows what I'm going through. If God can can say, don't even worry about where your food or drink or clothes is going to come from. He's definitely going to tell me, don't worry about what's going on, Peter. I got that. I got that. I'm on my throne. I never never for a moment have stepped off of that throne. I've, I've got it. I've got it. And I love, I love that. I love the fact that he loves us and he knows us and he sees us and he cares for us. Some of you tonight are going through stuff or just woke up this morning. Maybe you've cried over a newborn baby. Maybe you've maybe you've gone on a whole bunch of emotions that you just can't control. And tonight I just want to encourage you to give it to him. Give it to him. He knows you. He cares for you. He loves you. And this final verse has really resonated with me. Like in recent months, well before I knew that I'd have the privilege of sharing this passage with you tonight. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is, is its own trouble. 
And, and this continual reminder I felt like God has given me in the midst of battling anxiety. Peter, don't, don't even worry about what's going on. Just take today. Just today. Don't even worry about tomorrow. Just take today. Trust me today. Worship me today. Just enjoy me today. Whatever you do, you to stand. Let me ask the music team and our, our prayer teams to come. It's a privilege to have this time of, of prayer. We want to invite you to come. All we ask is that you just keep your mask on as you come. Otherwise, just come right now. We want to pray. We want to ask God to really do a work in us. I know many of us struggle with anxiety in different ways, and, and it could be other things that you're grappling with tonight. Maybe something relationally, maybe something in your marriage, something at school, something at work. It could be something physically or, or spiritual attack you feel like you're going through. Whatever it is, we'd love to pray with you. It could be that you've never journeyed with Jesus before, and we'd love to talk with you about that and get to, get to pray with you. That would be an incredible honor. So as I pray, our prayer team's going to come, and I want to invite you just to come, and we're going we're gonna to run after God together. Thank you, Father, for who you are and for how you love us and care for us. Thank you, Father, for the way in which you love us just so tangibly and so presently thank you that you are here with us and god a lot of us need you to take a sledgehammer to our anxiety we don't like it in fact we hate it and we know it doesn't honor you and we know it shows we're trying to depend on ourselves and we don't want any of that and we pray and we we don't just pray lightly but we beg of you that you would change us right now that by the power of your spirit you would engage us as we sing and as we pray you would touch us and change us you would help us to see you as more beautiful and you would help us to run after your kingdom with all that we got whatever it is that we're going through tonight as we come into this time of prayer and as many of us come forward for prayer we we just ask that your spirit would move this is a, a time for the hungry to come and as we come we pray that you would touch us you would change us and transform us by your power out of your love and for your glory, we pray this in Jesus' name.